This podcast is brought to you by The Learning Connection, School of Creativity and Art, tlc.ac.nz. Kia ora everybody, welcome and it's great for you to be here today for the, our next guest speaker who happens to be a graduate of The Learning Connection from way back in 2002, I do believe. It gives me uh, my great pleasure to have Brent Ryan. Good afternoon. Thanks. Thank you. So Brent, um, going back a wee while, last decade, um, yeah, how did you hear about TLC and what was the attraction there? I can't. I think that I was just looking for somewhere because I, I had already started tattooing. I'd already been doing that for a couple of years and I was looking for somewhere to do art like in connection with that. Mm, so right. something that wasn't too... Um, I couldn't obviously do it full time mm. and just kind of investigating that sort of thing. I ca to be honest, I can't even remember how I came about the learning connection sure um, but yeah I, th I th oh man I can't even remember I think <clears throat> I went to an open evening and then saw that you could do the diploma course was part-time mm -hmm. and so that's how I did it I basically I think I did one day just a Monday f was a full day and then the rest of the time were all just night classes excellent yeah well it's often been that flexibility of how TLC fits around someone's existing life if they yeah. are working or whatever they're doing or where, wherever they're at and how it can fit around. So yeah. it's good to know that that part was attractive to begin with. Yeah, well, and also the kind of, um, like, the variety of kind of things you could do as well was, was, was cool. Like I did sculpture and stuff that I hadn't really done much at all for a long time. Same with painting mm. um, and things like that. So yeah, it was cool. And it was interesting, we, we caught up the other night just to have a wee chat about, you know, where you come from as an artist. And I thought that was really interesting that you said you had studied previously somewhere else. And we found out, I think we found it was almost the same program at Wellington Polytechnic. Oh, yeah, and just yeah. the idea of yeah, arts and design or arts and creativity at other places and how it fits in. And yeah, I mean, myself, I found it, you know, quite, I wouldn't necessarily say rigid. It was just there was certain processes that you had to follow. And in terms of creativity, in terms of being able to try new media and experiment, it didn't maybe fit in quite as much as I thought at that current time. But you were saying you were resonating and saying similar things at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Like, <clears throat> it was more like being at school, mm. like high school in mm. that sense as well. Mm. And time kind of constraints and lots and lots of homework. Mm. Like a whole afternoon spent drawing an egg. Like, just, I don't know, it sounds silly, but I remember thinking at the time, like, what am I doing? Like, mm. um, I'm sure there's like method. Mm. you know, and that, but... And did you yeah. do that straight out of school? When did you do that? No, I did when I, I only finished like sixth form mm -hmm. school, so whatever year, I don't know. Sure. Uh, and so then I think I was like the youngest in my class at Polytech, which was now Massey and sure. Mount Cook. That's right. Um, yeah. And where did the interest for tattooing come, become? Was that where you were in school? No, when I was a kid, mm. yeah, always like... I didn't even remember much that, but a couple of my friends said they remembered having conversations when we were like young children yeah. about tattooing and I've still got like sheets of pictures, you know, like skulls and all sorts of things like that from when I was like 10, yeah, 10 to 12. And was it seeing it on, on other people's <coughs> skin or what was the I'm early not, design? I'm not really sure. I, I, I don't think there was any kind of like people say, oh, my grandfather, and, mm. but I, I didn't really have like nobody in my family. Mm. Certainly not my parents mm. um, had any tattoos, 
And yeah, I don't know why. I'm not really sure why it was. Yeah. And then, yeah, I just started getting them and then that kind of led into... So you got them first before you started yeah, doing yeah, them yeah. yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I kind of... The guy that I started working with, we had like a mutual friend and I, I kind of... Um, I knew, or he had mentioned that he was probably looking for someone to come and work. So for the first couple of years, it was just like drawing a lot and like cleaning a lot. And that was pretty much it. So like know. an apprenticeship? Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty kind of, yeah, pretty uncommon way now. Mm. It doesn't really seem to be the same. But, you know, and he was like a like difficult personality type. So, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty hard mm. at first. But, um, yeah, was it locally, Brent? I was in Wellington City. Mm. For, it used to be in the um, James Smith Market. Mm. Um, and then... Uh, then it was at Tattoo City in Cuba Street and Cuba Mall. Mm. So, and I was there for like five years. And you came from a drawing background? Is that how the drawing Yeah, that was, that, that was mainly like what I would do my type of artwork that I did sort of in my own time mm. would be like pencil drawing mm. and lots of like really detailed stuff. Mm. That was another thing that the learning connection was good in trying to like move away from a space of this big mm, to sure. draw, you know, like doing big things. So you're tattooing at the markets, so you'd built that for a while, and then is that when you decided to make that time to... I think it was, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd been, it would have been at least two years, maybe three. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, we did the first week course in Island Bay. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it was just, yeah, doing the kind of part-time and doing painting and life drawing and sculpture and I can't remember what else. Did that influence the tattooing at the time? Or was it more just like a separation of Not really. time and space for yourself? Yeah, pretty, I mean that as well, but also like um, two really kind of different, like, or not different medium as such, but a lot of the stuff I was doing then was kind of learning things and also now it's a mu tattooing is much more of a creative process than it was that long ago. I mean, it doesn't even seem like that long, but mm. in, t in a tattooing sense, it's a really long time mm. and people were getting like, you know, Japanese symbols and things like that, which is pretty like kitsch now, but mm. like, um, yeah, and tribal and like lower back tattoos and things, or, you know, lots of things like that. And that was just a process and not actually an awful lot of artistic kind of. Sure. So um, people would come with their own set designs. Well, and a lot of the time, just stuff that we had on the wall. Sure. You know, there was no Google image and there was no like, mm. you know, the internet in itself That's wasn't, a, wasn't <laughs> a real like um, solid kind of resource for tattooing that like where where it is now it's just kind of all kind of intertwined and the same with social media and the exposure now through instagram and facebook and everything to all the things that people see whereas initially people probably only saw magazines mm. you know no television no, i mean no miami inc or any of the kind of tv shows that are now so the kind of places you went to look at tattoos were, were much more like limited mainly tattoo magazines mm. Sure. You know, a lot of time that would be, if people had stuff that they bought in, that's what they would bring in. This is interesting over that time period that you've been involved in tattooing for 17 years or so, yeah. and you've seen that progression of technology and oh, influ yeah, influencing everything. Massive change yeah. in that sense. Mm. Like, yeah, and and um, working in different countries as well and seeing like different different countries at different times mm. and the way that, yeah, fashion and, you know, um, fashion and media just kind of influence people's right. ideas and now it's just so like broad 
people just want people get pretty much anything really. Do they, would, it, would it be the case these days people would see you because of the tattoo name that you've built or the reputation you've built and they would want you so. to help construct something? Yeah, yeah, most of us. I mean, we get business from our website and Facebook and that. But most of and especially being in the Hutt Valley, mm. and I, I think like without any kind of research, um, most of our clients would come from the Hutt Valley. Mm. And um, yeah, so I think mainly it's word of mouth of people that see something. Great. Well, that's, you've got walking advertisements yeah, out there. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it should be that, you know, you should mm. buy rights, sort of get most of your work that mm. way, really. Yeah, for sure. It makes yeah. sense. So you were at TLC for, did you do the certificate and the diploma program? Or was it just a, purely the diploma program? I think just the diploma. Yeah. So long ago now, yeah. like, it's really hard to kind of remember. Well, you mentioned some of the tutors that you were influenced by, and you especially mentioned the 3D tutor. Yeah. Was, I think you were saying it was Dennis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just in terms of like using media, mm. things like the um, sandstone and stuff and mm. things like that, I would have never thought to use them. Making something using um, custom wood and yeah, sandstone and yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Great. So the expansion of ideas, of materials, approaches. Yeah, and well, and, and environment and like um, tools and mm. stuff like that as well, you know, like stuff that I don't have sitting around at home mm. and never really thought to use. Fantastic. So, yeah, it was cool. And life after the learning connection, you moved on because I think you said the demands of tattooing became too big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carry it was on. just then it was just full time, <laughs> a full time job mm. and, you know, and time in my own time as well. Mm. And even more so now, like I think because of that kind of shift that most of the stuff that I do now I have to like, you know, create mm. um, rather than just people choosing something sure. pre-existing. There's more of a process behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And bigger stuff and, and mm. just, yeah, demand on time, really. Great. Um, but yeah, that, that just kind of overtook. And then then I started travelling a bit as well. And yeah, went, tell us more about that and how uh, that influenced you as an artist. I went to like Europe the first time in 2004 and I was over there for five months and I was about three of, a little over three of those months were in Germany, mm. was a guy that um, had come to Wellington almost by chance in a way that he, he went to the United States and they said he couldn't come in. And so they said, basically said, you can either go back to Germany or you can go somewhere else. And so he flew to Wellington. And uh, or he flew to New Zealand because he knew a guy that had tattooed in Wellington. Mm. He used to have a shop in Lower Hutt, but didn't at that time. And he actually walked from the Wellington airport <laughs> to Lower Hutt. He didn't realise how far it was with a suitcase. and. Um, he, and then yeah, realised that the shot wasn't there and so then he ended up coming back into to Tattoo City so it's quite a chance. Yeah, interesting. But at, at that time I hadn't seen anything like what he did, like he did full body suits, Japanese work, mm. and really amazing mm. and he was a real intense dude as well. And um, Someone you looked up to? Or? Yeah, 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 definitely. Still now someone that I, I, mm. I've been back there. It's a place called Offenbach, it's like a kind of a small like rural town. Mm. Um, so it's like, it's not really a place you would go for a holiday. There's like no tourists or anything. Mm. But the shop has been there now for over 20 years. Wow. And it's, um, yeah, he's, he does amazing stuff and it's good fun. We, we just drink a lot and <laughs> draw and, and yeah, so it's like, besides fun, it's pretty like full on tattooing and especially as well the kind of timetable there is, you know, like they sort of start at two in the afternoon and finish at like midnight and then have dinner at like three o'clock in the morning and then drink until sunrise and then go to sleep and do it again. So <laughs> it's pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty hard, but it's all right for a couple of weeks. It's good, it's good fun. 
It's but just yeah, the, the culture that comes along with you know certain aspects of art and areas of art and creativity. Yeah, 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 and as well the difference between people, the influence and and you know Germany and Europe, and then going to work. And I lived in Perth and Western Australia, and you know much more of a kind of I don't know how you would describe it. Like people just follow trends over mm. there a lot, with especially and with tattooing. Mm. And that time I was there, like frangipanis. I must have tattooed like fifty thousand frangipanis <laughs> in like a year, because yeah. that was what every that was what people sure. were getting, you Much know. That was, idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I lived, uh, I lived in London for like four years and worked in a really good shop there. And Look at, at that time, was doing had started doing a lot more kind of Maori mm. stuff as well. And then when I went there, that was the kind of point of difference. Mm. And so did a lot. Of that it was basically mostly what I did when I lived in London. What's it like as an artist when you, you've got other people saying, oh, I want this or this certain style? Is it fine to be, be sort of purely going about that sort of commission away, or is there a point of time when you want to be able to put your mark within that tattoo that you're creating? Or is it sp- I'm kind of myself, I probably have a bit more of a commercial, no. No, not so much commercial, but like I don't want to like argue with someone no. over what they want, at the end of the day, they're paying for it, so sure. they should be able to get what they want. Of course. A lot of tattooers that I work with that like kind of say, no, I won't do it, mm. you know? Or unless I can do it my way, I don't want to do it. Sure. But I've always been pretty, um, you know, to find compromise, but as well, a lot of time people come to you because they like what you do. Sure. So it's quite easy to then kind of steer whatever the process is in the kind of direction of what you want, mm. or, you know, how you want it, how you think it will work. And, Sure. In terms of composition and things like that, and mm. scale and yeah, perspective and stuff, it can be quite difficult to to kind of do things like that. But we always seem to find a way. Sure, yeah. it'd be interesting to even go on that further. Maybe even to look at some of the work, but just to talk about what it's like when you know someone maybe sees something on Facebook and they message you or they text yeah. or call, and just if that you click process. Click on gallery, of it will go to the. Sweet. Yeah, I'd just love to hear that sort of process of from you know someone walking in the door if you to click on that. Uh, up the top there it says any. Oh yep, sweet. We'll go down and then you can click on more. That's actually my brother. <laughs> wow. His first tattoo was the right sleeve, his second tattoo was the left sleeve, and his third tattoo was his back. So yeah, that was he just liked he loves the colour green, so that was why all of it, all of it has you can't see quite so clearly because that's all the new stuff there. But um, yeah, that contrast within his skin pigment as well. Yeah, he's pretty pale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've been talking about that today in class, just about paper type. You know, your yeah. surface of white paper, brown paper, dark paper types. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the skin must influence the, yeah, the decision making. Yeah, I think it's the next one you see that. Mm. Yeah, this guy's Polynesian, so. And I actually saw that healed only a few days ago, and it's healed healed really well. But sometimes, in darker skin, because the contrast isn't so strong, but that one still looks really good. And the kind of ready stuff there—that's the fresh grey scale—and that's healed really nice and light, so it all it all looks really good. So, what's the process behind, say, this person contacting you, talking about getting a sleeve, or mm. uh, maybe they're not, they're not even sure what kind of tattoo they want? Well, he wanted—he had seen some stuff that I've done. And I hadn't done a lot of real kind of purely sort of Samoan style pieces. Mm. Um, a lot of ones that I do have kind of, I mix some mm. sort of um, elements of a lot of different Polynesian styles. So Marquesian and Tongan and Samoan and Māori and stuff like that. Mm. And um, 
he just wanted that. He didn't really have any examples of how he wanted it. Um, and a, a lot of the Maori tattoo, besides like the the back of the one you just saw, mm. because it's symmetrical, I make a stencil for that. Mm. But the arms I just draw onto onto the person. It's much easier that way. Sure. But for this one, you can kind of see it runs in kind of sections. So I actually draw onto him the sections, and then I take a kind of template of that, mm. and then I can kind of design it. And it's usually when you do that, it's within about kind of five or ten percent mm. of the right size just allowing for movement or whatever sure and then you can just kind of you know with your eye just kind of tidy everything else up Wicked. i love the way you said that with your eye because that's a huge part to play i guess yeah 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 and as well working with the aesthetic the muscle groups and things like that you mm. know avoiding the elbow and you know you can't it doesn't really take so you can't really um do things like that and just yeah accent like the the style of tattooing it should accentuate the body, you know, it should accentuate the muscle form. So mm. the pieces that kind of form the deltoid and the tricep and down onto, you know, this part of the forearm. And so How yeah. much research is involved in terms of finding out about... This guy actually had uh, um, a picture uh, which was the top part of the shoulder and that kind of central piece and some of the pattern as well from um, his tribe in Taranaki. Okay. And so that was kind of what we used for that. But a lot of the style, what I do is pretty contemporary. Like I know the form of the, you know, puhoro and mangopare and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I don't, unless somebody wants it kind of tribal specific, then I, it's pretty like contemporary and mm. yeah. And again, so sort of, and this was another example, just he just wanted to kind of fill his arm. He didn't really have any reference or anything. So we just, draw it onto him and mm. yeah that's what he got. How much drawing behind the scenes, not generally just doing the tattoo, do you need I to do? used to be, I'm not really for practice, I just don't really have time. Mm. Um, not really a lot of this mm. um, kind of stuff because I do just draw most of it on. Wow. Um, but like I probably spend maybe two or three, <coughs> sometimes four or five nights a week and mm. maybe like up to a couple of hours or maybe sometimes three hours a night right. depending on what I have to do mm. you know like a, a whole sleeve that's got like just as a recent example a whole whole text of phrase with boxing gloves um, <clears throat> a geisha a massive like wing up through here an American Indian chief looking angry um, <laughs> What was the underside? I, can't even, I don't even think mm. I've decided. But then to kind of just draw that on the right scale. If you click through a few more, it goes to more other sort of... Oh, sweet. You just keep clicking and you'll go to some other... Sweet. Oh, this is... This guy had like the top kind of section mm -hmm. of that designed by a member of his um, whanau. So... Wicked. And then we... He had like the piece that kind of sweeps all the way down, <clears throat> but there wasn't really anything in between it. So... I, we just kind of had to, you know, come up with something that was going to look good. Mm. And um, we actually tattooed the piece up on his neck about probably four years ago. Mm. So we did one section, small section there, then we did the second small section. And then he came in and said, yeah, I just want to do the whole sleeve. And now he wants to go right across his chest as well. So Wow. Yeah. So you get returning clients that come yeah, back to Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got clients I've had for like 13 years. Wow. So Fantastic. Yeah, a guy that while I was, when I lived overseas, that had gone and got lots of really bad tattoos and then now we're just trying to fix them and cover them all up. Mm. So, yeah, really bad tattoos. 
Your style seems to really embrace the skin itself, the spaces mm. in between, the negative spaces. Yeah, that's pretty important. You, yeah. should, you should have like, it should be like roughly a kind of 50-50 split mm. to really, to have kind of visual impact. Mm. I used to do things a lot more kind of open um, and now I do them quite a bit tighter. So mm. this was, <coughs> this is one that the top part is kind of done as one piece and then added the bottom section on and that can be kind of tricky because the top has quite a definite kind of finishing point so to then kind of like re-establish the movement if you know what I mean like to get it to come down onto the bottom mm. um, but it sort of worked pretty well. Yeah, it's wicked flow within the man. Yeah, yeah. That's and just a little one. And Jackson Street Tattoo, when did it get established? Uh, 2010. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was with a friend of mine that I worked with for a long, a long time, and um, yeah, he was there for nearly two years, and then he he decided he was going to live or wanted to live in Europe, so he he actually went back to that shop in Germany. Mm. He's yeah, I like to visit, but he has a much stronger pull to it mm. than I did. But um, so yeah, and then since then I've had another guy with me for uh, nearly four years, and. Um, yeah. What's that like? The pressures of having, you know, your own shop, your um, own company? Yeah. No, I mean, it, it is, yeah, there's definitely pressure as well, especially mm. when it gets quiet. Mm. But um, I'm sort of fortunate in that I don't, all the people that work for me are all like in their sort of late 20s. Mm. And so they don't require a huge amount of management, sure. fortunately. Yeah. Some initially, mm. but you just need to establish a standard and then make sure that everybody kind of, sticks with it. Mm. This was something for a lady that had her daughter on the left and her son on the right and then she lost a, a child I think in utero so that's what the smaller one is to kind of no. represent. But there's some more if you go to the main menu and click forward a few. Just before you go it's, it's really interesting with this one just noticing just that how you've got like a soft uh, blending yeah, going yeah. on versus the sharper. Yeah, it's and that was just to kind of, so you have the kind of emphasis on the central characters, yeah. but the shape is nice in that position. Mm. Everybody has a nice kind of sort of triangular shape mm. in between their shoulder blades and their neck. And is this one done just purely by eye, or was this one No, no, that was a stencil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she was quite specific about what, right. you know, she had the, the types of tiki that she wanted to use, mm. and then the colours we was sort of... Um, I think it was favourite colours for the son and the daughter, and then we said something quite light for the smaller one. So yeah, yeah. Wow. and that quite, quite a special process to be going through a client yeah, yeah. who has you know I mean, a story she, to tell. She would have been in her late fifties, I think. So that was mm. her first tattoo. Wow, yeah. <laughs> it's very impressive, and the colours are very rich and yeah, yet yeah. Sort of they're soft not even they're not even particularly good photos either. So yeah, the, um, but the tattoo technology is mm. pretty pretty good nowadays. Is mm. amazing products available in terms mm. of ink and and as well like the the um, like for 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 a lot of time I used to make all my own needles from scratch, mm. and so you have to kind of bunch them and then solder and it's quite a long process. But now you can buy like really high quality pre-made needles and mm. so obviously that um, improves the quality of the work as well. I mm. think. So how many people were at Jackson Street Tattoo at any one given time? You mean working? Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's five of us, including me. So, mm. um, yeah, most of the time there's five of us there. Mm. That's been finished since that part, but he hasn't come back to get a photo of it. 
but it's like two big pieces that come right up his shoulders and his whole chest and it's half of both his arms as well. Wow, sort of what sort of time frame are we looking at with some of these sorts of works? Man, I think, I think each side we outlined one at a time and that would have taken like maybe three hours and then the shading again, I think probably about three hours each side and a little bit of that red colour as well. Mm. So yeah, I don't know, all together like maybe like 15 or maybe t I don't know, 12 or something, yeah. something like that. What's the longest you can do at any one given time? Myself, I've mm. tattooed people for like nine hours, like mm. nine or ten hours at a time. Mm. It's not ideal, but in mm. circumstance of travelling, and people yeah. that I've only got a day, or that I'm only there for three or four days, and people mm. want to get a whole sleeve or whatever. So, mm. unfortunately, it's usually the people that haven't kind of thought much about the process, <laughs> and after an hour of suffering, and then after ten hours, and nearly comatose. <laughs> but <laughs> is there anything that you can do to help relieve? Is it like yeah, there's there's sprays and yeah. things like that, but yeah, yeah, you can and like how you like you know tramadol and yeah, there's like serious painkillers that kind of help, but yeah, most people most people handle it well. Mm. Yeah, it's only like it's pretty rare that you get people that really mm. struggle to cope with it. It really is in your mind, and the, I guess the feeling is, you know, I say it is in your mind. It obviously hurts, mm. but you know how you cope with it is really up to you. Sure. Uh, not as good now as I used to. <laughs> I don't really have any spaces left that aren't really, really painful. So <laughs> it's sort of slowed down quite a bit. I'm actually getting my back finished tomorrow. So. Well, I meant the um, having to tattoo someone for nine oh. hours and not get cross-eyed. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, that, I, I don't, that, that bit doesn't bother me too much as long as, as, long as they can sit still. Like if people start complaining and moving around a lot, that's the worst part. Mm. You're trying to tatter, you know, trying to draw on a piece of paper that's doing this. It's not mm. very easy, especially when you can't rub it out. Mm. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was 2011 or 2012. I think tattoo might have been the biggest growth in the arts for New Zealand. All oh, right. I think I heard something like that, and it's yeah. been great seeing a lot of our illustration students and otherwise go on to either start tattoo careers, we have some tattooists locally come here to do exactly what you're doing. Mm -hmm. a, lady, a, a lady called Teresa, she um, uh, does tattoo, comes here to do drawing and painting and expand her creativity. <coughs> so very much the same sort of idea as what you did, just to see what else is possible. Yeah, that, that was kind of my thing that I hadn't, I just felt like I needed a slightly different perspective. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was good. I did like, I, the my main project I did when I was here was a, I photographed all the buildings, well not all the buildings, but like maybe f 15 or so buildings along the route where Cara Drive is now. Right. Um, and so all the ones that have either been demolished or being shifted and then mm. I just kind of painted them. Mm, so I did a series of paintings for those as well. Yeah, excellent. Um, so that was kind of cool, especially that I've got all these photos of these places now and they're not there anymore. It's a history, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. cool. I didn't even really think about it that much at the time. But, yeah. um, but I got all these like schematics for like what they're planning to do for the Basin Reserve and mm. yeah, all sorts of stuff. So it was pretty cool. Mm. It's a great thing you've just brought up there, just the idea of artists capturing a bit of history. We had a nine, almost about to pop next week, uh, puppy woman yesterday and people were drawing her. It's quite amazing, you know, they're capturing cool. her in that space yeah. and it will soon change. 
but um, yeah, I, I think, think that's quite amazing. I think the brief was like Cuba Street, yeah. and there was nothing more to it than that. Yeah. And so I just, I don't know why, but I just kind of thought that that's, that was more like the way I went with it. So I started at the Basin Reserve and just went over through like where Tonks Ave was and the old like workers' shacks and right up through the back and climbed through all the bush and, and the, the um, community garden and mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff. So, mm. yeah. When you drive through that area, you sort of get glimpses back to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So people who are considering tattoo and maybe considering it as an option of maybe furthering their creativity, especially sustainability-wise, mm. anything you can offer in terms of advice? I think you just need to really have passion for tattooing. I think mm. a lot of people, I think a lot of people look, want to look at it as a viable option, but don't have tattoos and don't really want to get tattooed. But mm. Um, and just then kind of like the technical and hygiene aspect of it is something that a lot of people, especially um, if they're looking to do it themselves, kind of overlook. Mm. And it was kind of a good thing for me that I was in a, an environment where that was pretty like, um, that was really important mm. and really like stressed and, mm. and yeah, so that was, um, you know, things like making needles and stuff like that, like a lot of people wouldn't, you know, I kind of sh try to show that to people that don't really know it or people that kind of sure. come to work with us. Mm. It's great, so passing on traditional techniques. Yeah, 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 yeah. and it's, it's, it is like, I mean, I did it for like, man, eight years, I think, before mm. I ever had like pre-made needles, so. Mm. It's important yeah. to discover and understand the materials you're working with, I guess, Yeah, yeah, for artist. sure, and understand like the process that, <coughs> yeah, I, I don't, I, I wonder how they do it in kind of mass production because I can't really mm. figure out how you would do it. It's a real, it's a really kind of technical thing, but mm. it's good definitely because it's kind of horrible. You're like burning your fingers like every two minutes and like inhaling soldering flux and yeah, it's not a very pleasant <laughs> process. That was his first tattoo, that guy. Yeah. He lost like 45 kilograms and started doing like triathlon and stuff like that. And he mm. just, like this sort of stuff was really fashionable, you know, a long time ago, but mm. not really so much anymore. Um, but again, you know, the, it is sort of unpopular, but I still, really, I still like it. And I think aesthetically on him looks cool. Mm. And it's important that you have that, you know, balance and use of like body form and balance of positive and negative and stuff like that. And if you don't really have that, then it just doesn't have the same kind of visual impact. Mm, great, no, that's really well said. Do you think tattoo for a lot of people who are getting them, like you talked about that one before with that lady and losing her child and getting something symbolic and that man there, do you think that's a bit of a rite of passage? It's like you're summing up a life event or you're- Yeah, absolutely for a lot mm. of people. Yeah, mm. for sure. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I like. I think some tattoo artists put too much stock on, like, the tattoo needs to tell a story. Mm. You know, like I've very few of my tattoos mean anything at all, really. You know, I just, especially, I mean, essentially, I'm half, like, black and grey, and then other other half is white. Mm. I mean, sorry, colour, um, and. That's about it. I've got a few things. I've got something for my daughter, and 22 is my lucky number, and I'm a fire snake in the zodiac, and it's my family motto. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, but like generic kind of things, yeah. you know, like not kind of breaking it down into some a novel. You know? No, that's right. I think it just depends, doesn't it? Just the yeah, time yeah, and place yeah. and yeah, the situation. Absolutely, yeah.
And that's great, even just to talk about some of your own tattoos and their symbolic nature of them. Mm. That, that's quite interesting. You just mentioned those things quite quickly, but you know, how they relate to you. Yeah. Well, the only, edit, only tattoo I ever did on myself was that, and that's when I got married. And that's because I, won't, I don't wear a ring, because yeah. I have tattooed fingers. So. Yeah. Oh, and, and as well, wearing latex gloves all day, um, it's not really much good wearing jewellery. So a lot of the, the work you've got in your gallery does... You can definitely see a definitive sort of style. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And the yeah. uses of spaces and... Yeah. Yeah. I tried to keep it... Informed. I actually kind of redid this, but there's a whole lot of, like, colour and all sorts of stuff. If you click on a few mm. different ones, it's sort of all the kind of Polynesian things ended up mm. being at the front. If you go to, like, close that one... Sorry, yeah. And then you can just kind of click through that sort of... Just yeah, click so next, yeah. yeah, and then just if you click it a couple more times, cool. it'll take you through. Oh, these ones are sort of yeah, skulls and colour and yeah. I was going to say it's more imagery based, more literal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How important is it to have a place like a website or Facebook and social media? What's your take on you know, technology and yeah, getting clients? It's um, it's important, I think. But I like I don't know. I have a little bit of an aversion to media. Like, I'm a little bit cynical about it, so I, I don't like have Instagram and I don't really spend a lot of time putting stuff on Facebook. That's just for me personally. Mm. Um, but I think for some people it's really important. Mm. And yeah, I think as well if you kind of look at people kind of younger, people that I work with, it's like essential. <laughs> yeah, it's their means of communicating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, that's just, yeah, that's my own personal thing, but I think... Um, Good to get the broader view. Yeah. The word of mouth that you get clients through. Mostly, yeah, yeah. Well, and as well, I've kind of been in Wellington, you know, off and on. I mean, I was born here and lived here, so I have a lot of friends and, you know, friends of friends and stuff like that. So, when yeah, that's one of the advantages of, you know, doing it in your home city. It would be quite a lot, of, I imagine, quite a bit more difficult to go to another city where you don't really know anyone and sort of start from scratch. Do you ever do tattoo tours, like become a uh, guest artist anywhere, like an artist yeah, residency? Yeah, yeah. I've mm. got it, some friends in Christchurch. I go, not since I had kids. I used to do it a lot more before I had children, but mm. since I've had children, not really at all. Mm. <laughs> but like uh, in um, Tauranga and Christchurch, most cities in Australia. Mm. Um, yeah, and all the time in Europe, just kind of going, like spend quite a bit of time in, in Holland over friend there that I go and stay with and again in like just a small town mm. but a really busy shop okay. same with that shop in Germany you know it's just in a kind of middle of nowhere but it's next to a train station and it's just busy all the time mm. so it's interesting how art can do that to a location a, mm. a, a good gallery or a place where people you know get tattoos it can be a bit of a draw card yeah, yeah. it can really liven up that place or city or space or yeah. place and this, the shops are like you know kind of central parts of at least the street that they're on, you know, yeah. and they probably get more like foot traffic in these little places than a lot of the other mm. shops around them. Great, yeah, good bit of a pulling power. Yeah. And what's uh, future plans for you? Um, just to like raise my family here. You yeah. know, we we spend a lot of time kind of looking around at different places to live, but always we come back to Wellington pretty regularly, mm. and and even and looking around New Zealand and go to like Queenstown and go to Christchurch and Tauranga and Hawke's Bay and just know we really felt feels quite the same you know, <laughs> and our family's here and our friends and mm. so yeah I'm happy to be back here. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Where are you currently living? Um, Brooklyn. Mm. 
So you make, out, make the trip out to the, the hut each day, Patoni? Yeah, but when you, that's the thing. Once you live overseas, like, like, like some people, you know, don't want to come from Taita to Patoni, but <laughs> when you live overseas, it's like a 15-minute drive is nothing, really. Yeah, yeah. Like the commute is, is, yeah, it's no big deal. And there's time frees up. Obviously, you know, you're bringing up a young family and time is of a premium. Yeah, Do you yeah. reckon the idea of painting and drawing and other illustration might attract you yeah, longer term? Yeah, I think term? so. I think so. I've still got unfinished work yeah, <laughs> from yeah. TLC. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it still sits there looking at me and I think one day. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. It's time and place, though. It is. And, I mean, yeah, especially just with, um, yeah, young family and um, a business that's pretty full on. I salute you, you know, doing, living the dream of being a, an artist, sustaining themselves. Yeah, well, it was and pretty, pretty good, good to kind of do what I did at the time that I did it mm. when I didn't have children and was mm. able to kind of go sort of where I wanted, when I wanted. It was great. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Excellent. Well, and, you know, one day we'll go back. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The shifts and changes. Yeah. We've got a bit of time for Q&A just as we wrap up. Been great having Brent here talk about his sustainable creativity. So, if you have any questions, I have a question. Sure. Um, I was just wondering how you went about like starting like tattooing. Did you undergo an apprenticeship, or you kind of just? Yeah, I, I started in Wellington. <clears throat> I started tattooing just people that I knew, yep. and then people, if you, as long as you kind of picking things that aren't sort of beyond you to begin with. And if you're doing it for free, then a lot of people kind of queuing up. And my brother had friends that had lots of really ugly, bad tattoos that were happy to just have anything done. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of lucky to have that uh, to yeah, practice on. And then, yeah, all of the things of technical stuff and hygiene and that, so it's pretty good. It's, it's definitely, I say, not the way to go to kind of just get equipment and start tattooing. Like, you make a lot of mess. And, yeah, especially hygiene. It's mm. something that a lot of people don't really think about. Mm. If you don't have any real exposure to it, mm. yeah. Um, Jack? Um, so, are there any, like, any tertiary courses <coughs> or training or anything? No, nah, I think there may be something like school in the United States. I think, I don't actually know mm. for sure. But no, there's not, there's not really any qualification. And the, the industry is pretty much completely unregulated as well. Mm. Like all of our hygiene standard and and our consent and everything else is all just self-governed. Wow. You're not no, 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 no. We just have to make sure we're doing what we're doing properly. Yeah, true. But that's like I say, that was because I had grounding in that, and that's, you know, there's tattoo shops around that are, are heinous, and I've worked in them as well in Poland and England. That you're just like, oh my god, like it's <laughs> just unbelievable. It's and it looks it really nice from. From the front, yeah. but what's going on out the back is just. Mm. So you're not licensed, for anything? No, you're not required to be. I mean, mm. yeah. Mm. How do you find that out? How do you find out? You just have to ask people what they do. Or yeah, yeah. Just you can look at everything. Yeah, you can look at everything in terms of our process, from mm. start to finish. All our hygiene, you know, mm. it's all right there to see, and um, just looking at like the way we prepare. And, and stuff and but also your yeah. track record too your, your client feedback returning clients yeah yeah and people see it when they come into our shop you mm. know like i don't know a lot of a lot of people don't really look it's the same with people that get bad tattoos from bad tattoo shops because they just assume that the person knows what they're doing mm. you know so so 
Yeah. Was it bad tattoo? It must be bad design or badly executed. Yeah, you, I mean, yeah, I mean, bad design. You can you can take a bad idea and make a nice tattoo out of it. Yeah. But like, um, yeah, a, a a badly done tattoo or poor like <coughs> things like needle needle depth and just the kind of type of needles you use at the time, the type of ink you use, speed of your machine, the the way the machine is set up, yeah, spring tension. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I've probably got. 30 tattoo machines. I probably only use routinely maybe 12 of them. Mm. But you know, I have like five or six different ones set up for any mm. one job, even something small. Because you, you know, a very thin line, you need a machine that, um, you know, runs softer and fast. And then for a heavy line, you need a machine that's <coughs> like, has a really long throw and hits really hard. Because obviously you've got a, you know, you need a bit of force to drive it in. And, so that means for any one tattoo, you might actually move your clients around the machines or is it a portable thing that you just Oh, the machine is just, it's like this big and oh, it just plugs yeah. in and you just, so the person just sits there. Oh, and you just mm. grab a different Yeah, and I'll just have them all set up there and then I just kind of use like a different, different size of paintbrush. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite interesting over the years where people have left here and gone on to tattoo, their drawing skills, they continue to build them and build them and have that technical quality in what they were doing. Mm. And it seems to, having that, it allows you to transfer if you come across an apprenticeship yeah. or across someone. I mean, there's some someone willing to support you. Yeah, there's some people that I like. I mean, in my own personal experience, people that can't really draw at all, um, who do nice tattoos. If you can give them an image to copy, they yeah. can do a good copy of it. Right. But as well, there's some of the most amazing artists that I've worked with that, you know, can't tattoo. Like they, the technical thing is just beyond them. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, what's, what's the best way to make sure that you're staying on track? Just get an apprenticeship. It's difficult to, to get one, but that's the, that's the best, fastest way to become proficient um, in, a, in a realistic amount of time. And just exposure to tattooing, you know, like it's, if you're not in a shop surrounded by, not surrounded by so much as creative people, but um, if you're just kind of, if you do a nine to five job and then you spend you know, if you're tattooing from 8 o'clock at night until 3 o'clock in the morning and then go to your job, you're not really kind of dedicating. But the main thing is technical and hygiene, Mm. first of all, and then the creativity can kind of go from that. That's interesting that you say that. It mirrors probably a lot of other techniques, jewellery and Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you don't have the technical element down, then you're just going to make a mess of it. Great, Brent. I was wondering if you um, (coughs) catch the likes of like Hades over the space alehouse, is that like a... Turf walls or? Nah, no, not in, it's not like in, in Wellington. It's a pretty, pretty good um, community here. Mm. You know, there's a lot of people that have known each other for a long time. Mm. And, and most people like, um, all get along pretty well. A lot of time in the, the New Plymouth convention that they have in November is like the biggest kind of gathering in New Zealand. And mm. it's a really, for, I've done a lot of conventions and it's definitely got the most kind of community feel to it. But then, yeah, you get places like South Australia where they all like firebomb each other's shops, and <laughs> yeah, it's, some places is pretty bad. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, it's been awesome having you here, eh, and sharing oh, your cool. knowledge and expertise. Cheers, everyone. Thank you. This podcast was brought to you by the Learning Connection School of Creativity and Art, TLC.ac.nz.